Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. As a person- with a very deep voice. I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Rusty Quill presents.
today, city officials are baffled by the many hundreds of people walking in their sleep, lumbering through streets and alleyways, stopping traffic and generally disrupting business as usual here in New Victoria. Local sleep specialist Dr. Henry Osdale says... Scientists from all over the world have gathered in Washington, D.C. to discuss the current epidemic of mass parasomnia afflicting the city of New Victoria. So far, all that can be ascertained is that the cause seems to be exclusively situated within the city. I'm here with Diana Billingsley, a former nurse at Clearview Medical Center who claims to have witnessed one of the strange pregnancies that city officials insist is nothing but hysteria. Mrs. Billingsley, can you tell us exactly what you saw? I didn't see just one, but hundreds. The military converted some of the floors into care wards. They ran out of staff, so some of us got brought on to help out. But that's... that's not all. I... I... What is it, Mrs. Billingsley? What did you see? I... I... I, I saw one of those poor women give birth. It wasn't human. Jesus! Bob, you getting this? Can you see this? We're seeing it. Go ahead. I'm down here on Mason Square, and as I'm sure you can see, huge swaths of the city's population have taken to the streets, trying to force themselves past the military blockades as the city-wide lockdown continues into its second week. With increasing reports of horrifically mutated victims of the sleep plague attacking anyone they encounter, the... Oh my God! They're firing on the crowd! The soldiers are firing on us! Run! With the military presence now entirely removed to the outside of the city, and the last of the massive barriers being fitted into place, New Victoria has been at last placed completely out of bounds. The government continues to assure the nation that the cause for what is being referred to as the Night Plague has been safely contained. But only time will tell if we've actually seen the last of the strange and terrible events that have left the world stunned. I'd worked for quite a while within New Victoria, but now I felt like I was seeing it for the first time all over again. And I'd certainly never entered the city in quite as much style, creeping up from the bottom of a ruined bed like some boogeyman after the lights went out. We left the silentage via the way beneath the beds. And by we, I mean me, some of my Merling relatives, and what was left of the unwaking army that was sent to mix it up with the Carnivian. Everyone but Isaiah. The way only worked on those who could sleep, which meant he had to take the long way back with Carface. I didn't ask how, but I could only imagine the two of them roaring across the surface of the ocean, Carface's headlamps blazing blue across raging waves. <laughs> and Isaiah stretched out in the back, reading one of his beloved books on atheism. The Merling horde poured thick and hideous from under the four-poster bed, set in the desecrated empty space of a massive wrecked church. The monsters lurched and skittered and loped past me and into the night, accepting my presence as if I were just another ant in the colony. 
with the crowds of Nightmare gone, only Sugar, Kujis, and Dollface remained. Tagus sneered at me before stalking into the darkness beyond the splintered rubble of the church doors. Don't mind him, dearie. He's still mad because he ran out of Carnivian to kill. He's not the sweetest candy in the dish, but his is the same nightmare-infused blood that courses through us all. <laughs> and besides, he'll come around eventually, especially if you feed him. <laughs> Throw that old dog a bone, or rather a nice quivering side of something succulent and screaming, and you'll have a friend for life. <laughs> Yeah, no thanks. I'm good. He can be standoffish all he likes. I'm not here to ingratiate monsters. I'm here to put a stop to the next great darkness. <laughs> Which is apparently what dear old dad wants too. Too good to join the club, huh? I'd never really had words with Kujis, the man of spiders. But here he was, all human looking and quite possibly offended by my mission statement. Maybe I don't like the look of the clubhouse. I fixed Kujis with my eyes, Isaiah's words exiting my mouth, my brother's passive aggression out in front of me like a shield. Maybe you just haven't seen enough of the place. I mean, how could you after all? When you were cooped up with all the humans down there on Brookman Avenue. He was referring to the Dream Lab where I'd worked the most of my professional life. He'd apparently seen me there. <laughs> God only knew how often. I saw some of your humans. Visited some of them. Even took a few for myself. I'm familiar with the Man of Spider stories. Spider nests made from human corpses and all that. More familiar than you ever imagined, it turns out. As Kujis kept my gaze, his body emitted a whispered scurrying, the pitter-patter of millions of tiny feet. Spiders, legions of them, poured from beneath his black coat, filling the darkness around him. I only maintained my stare, even when the insects began to leak from his tear ducts and skitter around the edges of his expanding, shit-eating grin. Oh, you can't imagine how thrilled I was. Maybe you felt a little relieved, you know? That you were a natural-born monster, I mean. And not some corpse in waiting, like all the rest of them. Kujis was about halfway through his transformation. His human face just a silken mask hanging sideways from his swelling, gigantic head. Where black eyes spilled open like round pools of cold, placid tar. But I'd seen far, far worse, and I wasn't about to be intimidated by the likes of my own half-brother, inhuman spider thing or not. Picking on creatures weaker than myself doesn't really do it for me, Kujis. Overcompensating's never been one of my flaws. <laughs> Looks like we share a talent for Venom, tiny sister. That's good to know. When the Merling laughed, blackened mandibles ripped out from the sides of his face. 
joining all the other chitinous fangs, pinchers, and claws that littered the hellscape of his body. Venom? You mean the six? <laughs> nah, I'm pretty much immune as far as I can tell. <laughs> I think I might like you more than I thought I would. Lucky for you. He was fully transformed now, straddling the shadows with countless crooked limbs. Dead black eyes staring everywhere and nowhere. His overall shape was difficult to pin down, vast and rambling, partially concealed by shadow and twining black webbing. He lingered for only a second before crawling up into the shadows, vanishing into the darkness above us. I blazed my eyes at the ceiling, curious if he was still hanging around above our heads, but he was gone. Not so much as a single spider left in his wake. He might be right, you know. Right about what? Why, that you should be glad for what you are, silly. But I don't blame you for feeling a bit torn about things. I mean, we all came from them, right? The poor human dreamers. Maybe I sort of get you more than the others because of my own mummy. Most of them die when we're born, but not mine. Well, at least not right away. <laughs> she watched me as I came up, making my way through all that blood and flesh. In the end, I think she was surprised at how much she really loved me. That I wasn't the nightmare she expected at all, but a dream come true. Do you know that she reached out and gave me a big hug? <laughs> yup, held me close right up to the very end, singing into my ear the whole time. Hush, little baby, don't you cry. Thanks, I, uh, I, I get it. That all sounds very, uh, sweet. Oh, that's awful nice of you to say, dearie. Ugh. These creatures were fucking horrible. I couldn't believe I thought allying with them was a good idea. Jeez, the hell Dollface's mother must have gone through? The insanity that finally overcame her? Hey, did you get a chance to see your mommy before she was all dead and empty? Oh, wait a minute! There were three of you in there, weren't there? Holy moly! You guys must have split her wide open, huh? <laughs> she was probably already in two pieces by the time you all got free. <laughs> my head began to spin at the casualness with which the Merling, my half-sister, unintentionally mocked the most disturbing and defining moments of my life. I couldn't help but wonder, why were Isaiah and I so different from the rest of them? Sure, we were monsters in our own way, but nothing like these things, our relatives. They were nightmares incarnate, literally, sugar included. So why weren't we? As much as I love discussing the candy-colored ways we once were, we really should be going. We don't want to run into that old sourpuss, redhead, or any other of Drowker's little kitties. <laughs> Who are they? 
Oh, you don't want anything to do with them, dearie. They're meanies for sure. That they are. But, uh, let's walk while we talk, shall we? <laughs> And just like that, I was back in the streets of New Victoria, her smoldering shadows and haunted stone and steel spread out all around me. But this time it felt different, like she was welcoming me home, embodying something other than the specter of horrible things she once was. Do you feel that, my dear sister? I think she's happy to see you again. The prodigal daughter returns. <laughs> So you were going to tell me about this redhead and Drowker? For reasons no one knows for sure, the Wakeless have left the city, beat feet deeper into the Harrows. But they left behind a sort of liaison <laughs> to keep an eye on things. A real stinker too, Drowker, or Lord Drowker. He dwells in the ruins of Nothman Hills, doing who knows what. Gloomhest isn't head honcho anymore? No, no, no. Our dearest, darkest daddy is still nightmare and chief. But Drowker's not far behind him. <laughs> and Redhead? Oh, him. That Merling's a real apple in the old goodie bag, let me tell you. He's Drowker's spawn, his eyes and ears. And if there was a fellow nightmare I wouldn't so much as whiz lemonade on if their face was on fire, it would be him. <laughs> so it's safe to say that this Drowker and company don't get on well with the old guard. Like thick, delicious chocolate milk and light, sparkling lemonade. Two great flavors that taste completely awful together. <laughs> this Drowker has no idea what you're all up to, does he? With Automa, I mean. That's why it's best to stay out of his way. For now. Okay, so where are we headed then? I'm taking you below the city until our brother Dearest arrives. Once he's back, and after we've had all the cookies and cakes and candy and soda and pie we can stomach, we'll go deeper still, all the way to the bottom, where this great big bed of the city scrapes against the harrows where its billowing bedskirts part to reveal the wonders of the sleeping universe. <laughs> uh, because that's where he abides, our father. And he's been just dying to see you both. <laughs> um, sweetie? Yes, my dear? Can you really whiz lemonade? Oh, doll face, <laughs> bless your rotten plastic heart. <laughs> oh, my.
I don't know how long we've been out there, the open sea, but it'd been a while. Not that I'm complaining. Hell, Carface knocked down about 9,000 miles in a little over 12 hours, and even then I think he was holding back. Anyway, it was a long time for me to run things through my head, forwards and backwards and every which way but loose. I just wish I had a bigger scoop on what all went down while I was gunning for Spider, because the cliff note treatment I got from Romy wasn't cutting it. Was this, uh... Autumn a creature even close to trustworthy? And why did she choose to sound Romy out and not me, the one she'd been playing for an assassin this whole time? I hated every goddamn thing about this plan, but Romy's mind was made up. That, and we didn't really have an option but to go rogue. Getting a ride back with Mesmer was clearly not in the cards. Once the Esoterium realized I'd smoked an Esotark, no matter how I justified it, Romy and me would be headed back in irons. And even if we could have found Shane and caught a ride back with him, the Silent Legion would have turned us over in a heartbeat. Nope, it was New Vic or bust. Jesus, New Victoria. Just the idea of setting foot in that dump made me tick and twitch and reach for my eyes. Of all the horrible places I'd been forced to go, the monsters I've had to confront, New Vic was the one shithole I wanted to avoid the most. And there I was, headed straight for the place, full steam ahead. When Carface came to a halt, idling atop the surface of the water, I finally saw it. Her, for the very first time. She was lit up like the ghost of a fever dream, always fading but never dead. All her sky-spearing towers and crooked Victorian high-rises. Jesus, were were they even real? Or was she hiding behind them? Behind the place where my mother took her last breath, and I took my first. The longer I refused to tick, the more my eyes felt like vibrating clumps made from hundreds of tiny, squirming insects, all of them begging to die by the crush of my hands. I hadn't realized just how unprepared I was for this, to go back where it all began. I don't know if Carface was trying to torture me with the sights right before handing me over to him, or what, but I wasn't going to so much as flinch just in case that's what he was shooting for. Even as I tried to look away from the city, I only noticed other weird shit, like all the beds floating in the water. A few of them even appeared to have people sleeping on them. But worst of all was her reflection in the night black waters. If not her true face, then, at the very least, her truer face. She was somehow darker, but more visible despite the fact, or maybe because of it, like the darkness was light to her, revealing her. I could feel her eyes on me, cold and blue and beautiful. She was the mother of the possibility for something beyond all that which is dead and mute, and that's when I finally turned my thoughts over, examining them. What the hell was happening to me? Why the hell was I thinking this way? I flared my power, and things started to make a little more sense. It was the city, 
It was, um, influencing me. And unlike just about everything else from the other side of nature, it could slip past my pale field. It was, um, its relationship to me. And just like Romy, my ability didn't affect it. Or at least it affected it less. Carface roared as he leapt from the sea onto the shore, delivering me into the cold, smoldering streets of the last place I ever wanted to be. Home. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia.